Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre, and today my guest is... Andy Cohen. My buddy, Andy Cohen. How you doing? Hi, Matt. So, I haven't seen you in like a month, man. Not since San Diego. It can't possibly have been a month since DevCon. Has it? No, it hasn't been. It seems like a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's because last week in Portland we had our DevCon Roundup uh, FileMaker meeting. I'm jealous, we, man. What we tried to, it's crazy. We try to actually open up all the slides and <sighs> we summarize every single session at DevCon in five minutes or less. Cool. And we wow. got halfway through in two and two hours. <laughs> oh man, I wish we had a group like that around here. We don't. Well, we didn't either until I founded one, and then now we do. Cool. I'm jealous. But I, I think that maybe wasn't the most effective way to do it. I think that maybe just at least this year it didn't go well as it had in the past. Mm. I think a better thing to do is to talk about highlights, having let those things percolate in your brain for a few weeks about what are the takeaways. What are the things that you're thinking about now? How, what is you've actually changed about your development as a result of having been at DevCon this year? Okay, Ooh. you go. Wow. <laughs> Gee, you didn't give me any prep for that at all. No, it's not uh, something you should have to think about. I have been flattening, flattening stuff. Um, in a discussion with um, a friend of ours from Oakland, let's see if I can remember his name. Can't remember the name. Um, um, I, I've, I've learned that there are there is a design pattern where you flatten stuff to get it to present like it's sometimes it's 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 better rather than having it on a on a normalized uh table occurrence group and trying to print it mm -hmm. it's easier and it's easier to flatten it as a print and, and i've learned at devcon that that approach that pattern is in other places as well such as graphing graphing data where rather than trying to graph complex hierarchically organized data pull it out of that organization and flatten it into one table and it makes it really easy to do all sorts of interesting things with it. And so I sat down and started playing with that. That's one thing I walked away. So here's with. a fascinating topic that we can talk about right here. What methods do you use to flatten data? Ooh. And maybe before wow. we get too far into that, let's let's talk a little bit more about what some examples of flattening data and why you would want to do it. And I can mm. I can come up with a couple. Well, the first one was if you if you flatten it, it makes it easier to do summaries on it. It makes it easier to manage the summaries. It makes it easier to to do all sorts of stuff with it. Whereas if it's not, if it's not, if it's normalized, you may be looking at one one aspect of the foreign key, and you won't be able to see all the other data. Let me. You'll, you'll get stuck. I'll come up with two examples of a good. Uh, that I think are kind of a good thing to flatten data. So let's say you have two calculations that you do. One of them says total sales for the customer in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. And the other one is single largest order in the last three months. Hmm. Now, those are not simple calculations. I mean, they're relatively simple, but they're very time-consuming to process because the, you have to go from customer to invoice to invoice a line item and add the total of all those line items that they bought, but only look at them within a date range to get that first calculation. Mm -hmm. And the second calculation is trickier because you have to look at a, a bunch of different records and pick out the highest one and only have one value. So you, um, you could use the max function of a calculation through a filtered portal or actually not even that, but a you know, they're both pretty tricky. And right. the 
the flattened way of doing that is to store those both as regular stored numbered fields in the customer table. Right. And where you flatten them with a script that runs at night or runs every time the customer is updated or something like that, that runs a calculation. So rather than doing, rather than having any relationships to support this, it just goes to the customer. It does a query. It actually does a perform find, find all the records, find all the, um, that customer's orders for the last three months, um, loop, sort them by dollar amount, go to the first one for the highest dollar and grab that number. And then store mm-hmm. that number as as a field in the customer table. Mm-hmm. I think that's how all databases had to do it back before. You know, like in in the olden days, that's what they but had it, to do. They didn't but have. It becomes, but it becomes a u- it becomes a huge table, and because you're you're having to have very very redundant data in your columns, it, it, not not necessarily on your record, but in, in your columns when you flatten. You're repeating a key, a foreign key, over and over and over again to get it to work right, um, and, and that can that that assuming you need that key in there, you may not. Well, maybe we're not probably. talking about the same thing. I'm just talking about two extra fields in the same table with your customer data. Hmm. Although, really, a better way to do it is to have this in a separate table, like a customer report table. It's a one-to-one relationship to customer. Hmm. You know, flattening means you don't have all the related data. It means right. it just has, but the data have to be there, and right, there's a lot so, more columns. So it's going to be huge. It's it's going to be fairly significant. Whereas when they're normalized, everything's smaller and more manageable. You don't have to repeat it over and over again. Right, exactly. Um, um, and, but to get back to your question, how how would I pull the data over? FileMaker gives us lots of ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most um, nifty ways. When I saw this, I was like, "Oh, yummy! I love this." Was s- simply the lookup a lookup field um, in the flat side. I make it a lookup to all the places each field looks up. I would build a tog just for that and connect them all using that. That's one approach. Ew. If I but if I don't want the relationships, which has happened quite a bit, where I mm-hmm. don't want a tog, I would just grab it and put the data into variables. Grab, fill up my variables, and insert them into change the context and insert the the info in the variables into the fields. That's my preferred way. Lee and I have talked about that quite a bit. Doing it that way lets me see what's coming, lets me control it better before I let it run automatically. There's two reasons I don't like using relationships for stuff like this. Uh, one of them is the one you just hit on, having everything yeah. in one place. Right. You know, if you do it all in... Uh, in a script, then you can version control the script. You can have multiple different versions. You can have a test version. You can have one pointing at a different set of data. It's much easier to repurpose it. Um, Plus, you're not you're, you're not building something in the struct. You're not building structural stuff. Um, I'm one. That I I prefer separating data from functional aspects, and I don't like playing with the schema to do processing. And you're doing that. When and that's the second reason: don't right. pollute the graph right. with things that are right. just for a single purpose. Right. right, and yeah. so I'm, I'm really looking forward to FileMaker continuing on the same trajectory that they have been on, which is to give us more tools to do things like this without having to use the graph. And actually, that also leads nicely in to some of the things that we saw at DevCon, which is approaches yeah. to not use the graph so heavily. And this this was the second year I've seen this where they're moving us away from putting stuff in in the the structural design 
and doing it elsewhere. Um, they started talking about that either the last year or the year before. I noticed that right away because this is one of our persistent discussions that Lee and I have. He he likes to use the relationship graph for this kind of stuff. And well, he's new at this whole FileMaker thing. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm totally but, messing with, with you. But, Lee, I'm oops, messing with you. That. Um, but I tell you, uh, I'm I'm one that likes to keep them keep the relationship graph as clean and as easy to understand as possible. Um, I like keeping my data as pure data as possible. I don't like doing a lot of calculation fields. Um, yeah, I like, I like to, to keep the graph clean. should always be less than five or six thousand table occurrences. I think. <laughs> really? That much? <laughs> no, it really should be less than 5,000, I think. Have, have you ever had one that was close to that? I don't actually really know how many my main solution has, but I'm sure it's over 1,000. And that's oh. actually with a lot of effort to keep it small. Wow. It would be a lot imagine. bigger. Huh. Man. It gives me a new perspective on the stuff that I'm doing. So, but but the other thing that I think came out of DevCon or one of the other things is don't solve problems that aren't problems. Don't solve theoretical problems. Solve actual problems. I like that. I like that a lot. Right. So there's um, a lot of some really great stuff about performance. Like here's one of my favorite tips from performance. It's actually not from this year, but from a previous one. If you have a really big um, field that contains a huge amount of text, for example, a large amount of HTML code for every single right. record, like the, the company's whole website uh, index page um, or something like that uh, in HTML or some huge amount of text, like a, like a, a, lo- a long story of thousands of words. Um, every single time a record in that table loads, it has to load all of that text. And this is also certainly true for any kind of a container fields. If you have a container field on the layout, if the user only cares about looking at five text fields and a number field or whatever in that record, all that stuff has to come along for the ride. Even if it's not shown on the on the layout. Even if it's not shown on the layout. Now, if um, if you if you take that field and you put it in a one to one table, um, a separate table that has a record automatically created every single time a record in the in its parent table is created, so it's a one to one relationship. Um, that makes the record load much faster because now it only has to load if it's on a layout um, because it's it's loaded through a relationship. Right. So if that field's not on the layout, that record doesn't load and it makes the whole database much faster. A lot less data hits lot, the wire and a lot less right. is transferred between FileMaker clients and server. Yeah, when you're and when you're designing to go over the WAN, not the LAN... Um, that every little bit helps. And yep. this is actually a biggie. This one actually makes a big difference in performance. Right, but you don't want to over-normalize, right? Because you could take this whole thing to the extreme and have every single field be in a separate table. Yeah, you don't want that. You want to you want to separate the, the ones that have lots and lots of stuff, like like containers that have pictures in them or fields that have huge piles of text in them. Right. You know, if you've got little bits of data, it's not going to be that big a deal. Yeah. But that, that, that one thing, and I remember hearing that the year before this last one, and I did try it with one of my FM Go applications, and it does make a big difference. This one application I make, um, the clients have their photograph on the record, and some clients don't have photographs, and it turned out, and, and, it's, and this is an FM Go-based application, 
So I actually tried that. I took the container field off the table or, and made it its own table, its own TO, and boy, what a performance upgrade. It was wonderful. When, the, when, when I give it the little iPod version and I don't use that field, it goes a lot faster. Uh, now you've had time. Tell me about what, uh, what are the big takeaways, uh, how you're actually changing your development day-to-day. I don't think I ha- I am changing my development day to day. I am changing the way I bid for my development and discussions with a few of the people there. Not Business. necessarily presentations. I learned I can I can do a fixed price project with value pricing fairly well. I can build a good story for it and I've done that a couple times now since Defcon and it's worked fairly well. Hmm. Um, where I get real real bang for buck from value and already known design. And it worked out so well for me that this is going to be one of my proposals for next the next DevCon to present. Uh, Great. A, methodolo- a methodology for pricing using value. How's that for scary? I like it. Because yeah. actually some of the biggest takeaways from me for the DevCon this year have been in the business area. I solicit a lot of people for advice i'm hopefully very soon going to be hiring my first full-time employee and wow i've been trying to figure out like who should that person be should i hire a developer should i hire a salesperson what kind of experience should they have uh you know do i hire someone who's 19 years old and train them up do i hire someone with experience a lot of advice like that i was trying to get from a lot of people and there was pretty good consensus on that but i won't share it with anyone because it's a private information well, I, I have i have um, <laughs> about half a dozen employees two of which are full-time the rest are part-time this that do farmaker work or in your store oh no they're in my business my store and um i could tell you one piece of advice don't do the um payroll yourself <laughs> get an expert either i get a bookkeeper or use quickbooks don't sure. try to do it yourself i don't know maybe it's different in oregon but in california it's murder well, I I just use ADP for my payroll for myself. Oh, <laughs> I don't cool. even want to do payroll in QuickBooks. ADP ADP is better. I would if I had ADP, I'd use it. They're um, expensive, but yep, that's you get what you pay for. Ah, uh, I'm glad to hear that because I was thinking of switching to a different way. <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't suggest switching from ADP to Quicken. Or well, QuickBooks, I wouldn't switch to Quicken. Me. I would switch to maybe like QuickBooks. a smaller local payroll processing company. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. It was good to see Petrowski. Yes. That was one thing I went away with. I, I went away with a great respect for his extreme talents. Um, seeing some of the stuff he was showing at the exhibit, that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Did you, oh, uh, did you sign on his cool um, board? Does I, I fill out a square? I, <laughs> I don't remember. I may have. I was running around so much in the exhibit hall that day. Um. What else did I, I walk away from? I, I walked away with um, a distinct, a, a, a good, a different feelings about all of the different vendors. Um, seeing the cultures, um, I learned, you know, there are some cultures you probably, you know, they have, they have to match your needs. And a lot of the vendors' cultures, they vary. They're very different. Very different approaches. Yeah, true. I learned, I learned some, some meet my needs better than others. And when you're, if you're an in-house consultant or an in-house developer, and you're looking to hire some hired guns, I think DevCon, going to DevCon is um, an essential thing to do. 
trying it at random and calling a developing a development house uh, that might not work for you um this way you get to see them all and you get to talk with them so that was a pretty good one what else so what um, kind of range of cultures are you talking about well let's see we have our friends from texas mighty they're, data you mean mighty data yeah um and and they're pretty gregarious a gregarious gregarious group of people you didn't talk to kirk did you Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Kirk's, Kirk is more serious, but you're right about the rest of the staff. They're very, very gregarious and outgoing. Yeah, and, and you know, it depends upon your type of company. Um, a lot of the companies I work with that would actually work really well. And then there's the the folks at Saliant. Their approach is more kind of how would I describe it? Buttoned down, a little bit more quiet, really conservative. And and if you're like a like a like I see a bank might do well with that kind of a culture. I don't think the culture has anything at all to do with the talent and the skills. I think that's a completely different subject. All of them obviously have what it takes to, to build a business like that. Yeah, I would say there's a fairly uniform distribution of talent and skill among all the vendors and all the big companies. One, one of the things I got to sit in on was a panel discussion with four of the largest groups, like Saliant was one... Yep. Um, I can't. I can't remember them all, but there were the four biggest. Yeah, Angel ones. City Data was yeah, there. Angel City, um, Dave um, Knight. Um. It was fascinating to hear things like how how they grew, what they did to get themselves to grow, um, how they envisioned growing. That was a really good presentation. I I really enjoyed that. I meant to go to that one, but the it was I arrived late and the room was packed full and the only seat was in the back and I couldn't hear. I also learned that when the rooms are smaller. There's a, a psychological impact, and it, it, you get this feeling like, ooh, this must be really interesting because it's really crowded. Yeah. Whereas the rooms that are really, really big probably actually had more people in them, but it didn't have that sense of urgency yes. in those larger rooms. Um, I, I One thing I really walked away with at really high value was a feeling of being able to do, of feeling confident about jumping into PHP. This time, I saw three presentations on PHP as well as spent a lot of time with some of the vendors that use PHP, and I knew what they were talking about. <laughs> when I can guess what they're going to say before they say it, that really boosts my confidence. And now, you know, I sit down here and I start banging away on a on some HTML code and stick some PHP in there. I feel yeah, and I, and, it, and I and I don't feel worried about it. I feel kind of confident. And I got that from going to DevCon. So I heard on your FileMaker Success Tips podcast, you interviewed uh, at DevCon the guy from LassoSoft. Yeah, was they were interesting? The, they were the only game in town back in the day, and they've kind yeah. of fallen yeah. away to obscurity in the last few years with FileMaker. I'm kind of wary about them coming back. You know, I'd ha- I'd, I'd, I have to kind of do take a little bit of a wait-and-see attitude. What did you think from that conversation? I, it's hard to have an opinion because um, I don't have the – the, the the years of experience i think if if i had been involved and saw them come and then disappear and then come back i'd be kind of worried about it as well although you know i i've learned sometimes there's there's aspects of designs there's aspects of technologies that you don't necessarily want to throw away because the latest fad might be this one particular language in, in particular php on the other hand let's face it all the job openings out there, though the, bit, the 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 most of them are looking for people with PHP background. You you don't see people advertising for LassoSoft. Yeah, that's true. 
But you also don't see people advertising for FileMaker. And, yes, you uh, do. Yes, you do. Well, I, not as I, much. I, I've I mean, seen them. Not compared to PHP. What you see in people advertising for FileMaker is advertising for people with FileMaker experience that can build PHP-based pages. All right. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. I mean, so it's a PHP, good skill set. Yeah. PHP is you know, uh, definitely the official and is going to be the official way to do web publishing with FileMaker for a long time for the I foreseeable so. future. I have to agree with that. Um, LassoSoft's going to have a bit of an uphill battle. Not, I wouldn't want to be in that guy's shoes. Yeah, and he mentioned the two kind of benefits that he had were were security and speed. Yeah. And I hadn't really heard a big complaint about security with FileMaker. Of course, I think you have to understand a little about you have to know what you're doing to get security in any system. You True. can't you can't make a really secure system if you're an, an amateur no matter what. And hmm. for speed, that's a pretty good thing. So that, you know, that would maybe what they're really looking for is the really high end. But I thought that you still have to communicate through the same gateway. You know, PHP internally is blistering fast. There's no, you know, that goes to solving the theoretical versus the actual problem. PHP right. does not have any actual problems when it comes to speed. Agreed. And if it's you can, not, I mean, look at what it's doing. I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, so if you've got a solution that takes 0 0.08 milliseconds to run, and and now I can run in 0 0.01 milliseconds with Lasso, that's not really a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I have another. I have sure, another it might be eight away. times faster, but you know, I have another another biggie that I took away from DevCon this year. <laughs> so this was my fourth DevCon. Yeah, I think it was my fourth. I'm at a point now in going to DevCon where I've I'm starting to see people that I've met before. I'm seeing more people that I've met before than I'm meeting new people. And I don't know if you noticed this or not. I think you may have commented on one of the parties, but one of my things about going to conferences and exhibits and things of this nature is I make it a kind of a game to meet and befriend as many people as I possibly can so that as I continue to go to these conferences, I know more and more people. And the more people I get to know, the more people I learn the more it enriches my experience. I yeah, get you know, everybody talks about how you walk up to them and talk to them for 30 seconds, and then you say, okay, got to go, got to meet more people. No, I don't. I'm no, messing I don't. with you. I had, I had a bunch of folks there that held on to me at that party for <laughs> way too long, and I had to get away before I drank too much tequila. I think it's um, funny that you say you really try to meet as many people because I never observed you moving from one party to the next. I really observed you sort of sticking around and, you know, having – nice long conversations with people well yeah it's not an aspect not a, an, a, the idea is not to jump around the idea is always have a meal with someone new don't go looking for people that you've already spent a couple of hours with and sit down and have a meal with them instead look for a table of people you don't know you actually you had time them. to have meals with people yeah wow. yeah, yeah that's so the cool food, the food wasn't that bad it was pretty good food um, but let's see, another thing that I took away from this that I thought really wanted to mention is that this was the year where I really saw what you can do within a FileMaker Business Alliance. I, I never really understood how important it was in terms of being part of the community and developing a business alliance with FileMaker. And I think I really, especially the, the, at the, the FBA Awards Banquet, the banquet where you got your award, by the way, congratulations. Thanks. Um, I really, at the end of that, it was almost like an epiphany to me to 
all of a sudden realize, well, I see what my, me and my two friends have been doing incorrectly. And, um, and I think I know how we can change to enhance this FBA and make it work a lot better for us. And Lee and I are talking about it. We are looking into it. It all depends upon where I end up going and what I may end up doing. But um, let's see, maybe next year I'll either have a new FBA or the FBA we currently have will be different. It'll be, it'll be much, much different. It'll be managed differently. Hmm. So anyway, I, I got to tell you, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous about the user group thing. Don't you have some good groups up there? Uh, not in the town we live in. I'd have to commute about, ooh, an hour and a half. Yeah, to you're get a ways, where, right? The, the strongest yeah. group, there's two, the two strongest groups in the country that I know of are Santa Clara, the group that meets at the Wedge at FileMaker, and L.A., and you're not really particularly close to either of those places, are you? No, though Santa Clara would be about a two-hour drive. But I got to tell you, I, I still have family in, in L.A., and I had so much fun talking to the guys from L.A. because I'm starting to get to know them. I'm going to go out of my way the next time I'm down there to sit in one of their meetings. Um, yeah, it's I worth it. I can't wait. It's great. Yeah. And the next time I'm up in your area, by fact, I should have. we should have tried to time it the last time i'd like to go to one of the meetings up there yeah anyway yeah ours are fun i really like that um well i think that uh i think that portland is actually the most file maker friendly city in the country per capita really i think we have the cool. most file maker developers you know per population uh, of any major city i mean there might be some small cities that have a bunch of people but I don't know. I could be wrong, but it it seems like that. When I talk to other people in different um, in cities about how many people come to their meetings and how much cooperation it, there is and how many jobs are available for FileMaker developers, here we, we have hardly anybody who has time to take on new projects for FileMaker in Portland. Wow. You're kidding me. It's, it, we're all pretty busy. Huh. And I'm wow. really glad to see how FileMaker is really expanding within... Uh, my main client, Portland Public Health, uh, or Oregon Public Health. There's several different departments who are really taking on FileMaker stuff. And the people that, have, that I've been working with for the last few years who have gained significant expertise for one small project are expanding that to other places in the building for other projects. I love watching that happen. Oh, man, I am jealous. Maybe it is happening down here, and I'm just not seeing it. I know that a lot of the big names down here are very busy. And I, I have been very busy, but I'm, I'm at the tail end of a huge project right now, and I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm you guys looking. have two or three really large FileMaker consulting shops there, don't you? I well, mean, Beeswax. I know of, uh, Beeswax is in Oakland. The closest one to us is Richard Carlton in Vallejo. And he's pretty big. He's got 10 or 15 people. Yeah, yeah. That must be why I can't find any work. He's got it all. <laughs> and he's doing a great job. Yeah. Does Salon have a lot of people there? Saliant has a, a fairly large contingent, but, you know, Saliant's um, also in, in Chicago. They've got offices in all the big cities. Yeah. Mm. I think there's one Saliant person in Portland, but I've only met them once. I think they do web stuff. They probably do really high-end web stuff for clients all over the country, I would guess. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I definitely want to come back to Portland. That was fun. It was fun. Well, what else do you have to add before we wrap this show up? Um, well, actually, it was your turn. It was your turn for a takeaway. What else did I you thought take I away? started? 
<laughs> well, I, I sort of care. I sort of Annie upped and folded there on the uh, on the advice I got. Here's the advice I got from, collected from different sources about hiring your first employee. Don't hire someone who's too young to recognize the value of a job. So if you hire someone who's 22 and has never really worked, they might work at your company for a couple of years, not recognize what they'd be throwing away when they quit and go do something else. And that hurts you and it hurts them. Mm-hmm. Mostly it hurts you. Um, so hire someone, you know, around 30, something like that. With some FileMaker experience that you know that they're not really a, quote, hit the ground running type of a person, but they're good enough that they've actually proven that they can be on the, uh, the path to learn and pick up um, um, things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other advice I got was don't hire a salesperson as your first person. Hire developers because as the company owner, you're going to be the best sales rep in the history, you know, you're going to just be way better at sales because you understand the whole thing. So even though you might not want to do sales instead of development for the good of the company, that's really kind of your best value to the company is to do the selling. I did, I did hear a number of the top guys at that panel say that. And that's not I what I would that. have guessed, frankly. I, so I agree. Yeah. I, that's kind of, kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. Counterintuitive advice is the best because it prevents you from making mistakes and you have to yeah. kind of hear it from a lot of people to really let it sink in and, and take it seriously. Hmm. Oh. Let's see. What other advice did I get on hiring? I'm trying to think. Yeah. I didn't really get any specific on overpaying or underpaying or salaries or whatever. It has to be kind of specific to the, to the market. Yeah. That's all I got on that. So yeah, a lot of the takeaways for me were really, were uh, really in the, the business end of it. Uh, I definitely got some good tech stuff. One more takeaway that I can yeah. say. I'll be there next year. Thanks to you, I went this year, and I'm really glad I did. And I will not miss it next year. Even if the Radio Shack thing is the same time, even if Outside Lands is overlapping it, I will make a point of being at DevCon next year, no matter where it is. It's in Florida, actually. It's in, it's in Miami. Uh, Miami. Yeah. What if there's a yeah. hurricane in Miami in mid-July? <laughs> Mm, I wonder if Filemaker thought about that. Doesn't usually start until August, from what I understand. Maybe that's why right? they moved it up two weeks, huh? <laughs> could be. Could very well be. I yeah. am insanely excited to be in Miami next year, I have to say. Yeah, I've been to a lot of cities in the country. I've been to a lot of different places in, in Florida, but I've never been to Miami. And it just Burn Notice, one of my favorite TV shows, is set in Miami. And so, therefore, <laughs> I think Miami is just like Burn Notice, and that's why I want to go. <laughs> I, I I've been to Miami once and I got to really see the town up close and I gotta tell you I really love Miami. <laughs> Miami's yeah. awesome, beautiful place. It's fun, fun place. Yeah, plus uh, we'll maybe take a boat and go over to Cuba for a couple of days. Yeah, no, not really. Well, you get your cheap employees there, right? <laughs> go find some filemaker some filemaker developers in Cuba. Might have a problem getting any. back into the United States, but you know. Yeah, I just take a boat. It's still illegal to go there. It is. That's true. They're, I hear they're trying to change that, though. That'll open up markets for FileMaker. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I would be thinking. Hmm. Cool. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot, Matt. It was a lot of fun talking with you.